Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hochberg, and this is episode number 220. Having sailed on Royal Caribbean's Harmony of the Seas four times, I found there's a lot of great and fun things to do on board the ship. And this week, we're going to be talking about our top five experiences on Harmony of the Seas. This comes up right on the heels of the Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise. So my friend Billy and I will list our favorite things to do on Harmony of the Seas and talk about what makes the ship just so darn fun. Here we go. Michael Bailey, president and CEO of Royal Caribbean International, said about Harmony of the Seas upon delivery of the vessel, quote, The ship is the best of the best of what our guests love most about Royal Caribbean, combined with new and thrilling experiences never before found in one place, but it is the passion and dedication of our crew that will make everlasting memories for our guests. And Mr. Bailey was right about the impressiveness of a ship like Harmony of the Seas, which combines revolutionary ship design with technology strides. It's part of what separates Royal Caribbean today from many other cruise lines. Uh, step foot on board. Uh, an Oasis-class ship like Harmony of the Seas, and it's really the best way to illustrate what makes Royal Caribbean so special. So this week, we wanted to share our five, and I'm using that word loosely, things that we love about Harmony of the Seas. Think of this list as a compilation of experiences, activities, and very likely food that we just could not get enough of while cruising on Harmony of the Seas, and you ought to consider trying yourself too. And joining me this week is in our top favorites is a man who shares an equal amount of excitement about cruising as he does about good hummus. He is the Betty to my owl, the star tunnel to my space mountain, the king to my ofalafel. It is Billy Hirsch from CruiseHabit.com. Welcome back to the podcast, Billy. Thank you very much. I hope to mimic that enthusiasm. <laughs> I can only hope. When we're talking about cruising, I usually Billy has a very much Meh, whatever. But when it comes to cruising, he goes he upgrades from Meh, whatever to that's eh, not terrible. So that's a, that's <laughs> excitement for Billy. That's true. I, I'm I'm not actually a nihilist. I just uh, I just only believe in cruising. <laughs> Fair it's enough. exhausting. Now, Billy and I were just on Harmony of the Seas. This was a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise that was just uh, completed in September 2017. And uh, while I had been on Harmony before, this was Billy's first time on Harmony, although not his first time on an Oasis-class ship. And keeping with tradition, Billy cruised on the Lure of the Seas uh, as part of another Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. So you can see that Billy has many fine qualities, uh, one of them being, of course, taking many Royal Caribbean blog group cruises. That's what you look for in friends. And um and so we had an opportunity, equal opportunity, to explore the ship in our own little ways and and talk about our favorite things on board. And I tried I, – I personally, Billy, tried to make our list a little bit skew more towards things that are unique to the ship, but I didn't limit myself to. And I certainly didn't tell you that either to limit yourself as well because, you know, there's just – some things are just, you know, are just yeah, great no matter what. I, 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 I tried because, you know, there's obviously going to be, I'm sure with both of us, a little bit of crossover with qualities and things we like about other Oasis class ships or, or even just other Royal Caribbean ships in general. But uh, I'm definitely, you know, there. make no mistake, if you're if you're sailing on Harmony or you're thinking about sailing on Harmony, you say, nah, I've been on Oasis, I've been on Allure. There are definitely some different things. And while some of them are significant, some of them are subtle. But uh, I tried to even focus on where those subtleties are because uh, – you know, there's some nice changes. Absolutely. So as the guest, Billy, uh, I will let you start us off here with the, the first thing that makes your list of the top five Harmony of the Seas. All right. So number one, you know, you knew we were going to talk about food. So yeah. might as well. <laughs> let's not beat around the bush. Uh, I'm going to say dinner at the Solarium Bistro. Um, it was, uh, I think I only actually did it once or twice because there are so many options, obviously, for dining on Harmony of the Seas. But it was a surprise to me because uh, evidently I don't research my cruises well. Um, and if only there were like a podcast and a website that would tell me all about these Royal Caribbean cruises. Uh, what I didn't realize is that on Harmony of the Seas, the Solarium Bistro is open at night because uh, previously we'd been on Allure, which has um, – I forgot what they call it, but the uh, Trescaria at uh, in the evening. Um, right. The what do they call it? Brazilian Steakhouse Restaurant. Yeah. Uh, so – on Harmony, it remains Solarium Bistro. The format is a bit different than it is during lunch and breakfast, which I also like there. Uh, but one, complimentary. So that's fantastic. Uh, two, fantastic ambiance. It's really quiet in there. And I really believe that the server to, uh, to table ratio is better than in any of the specialty restaurants 
on board because there just aren't a ton of people in there. It's, I, I don't think it's at risk or anything like that. There, there are definitely uh, people dining in there each evening, but you get some great attention and it's both a buffet and a la carte combination thing complimentary. So, um, you know, having the, uh, you know, you get the fresh air and yet air conditioned, which is critical when you're when it's September and you're in the Caribbean. Um, yes. So you have the fresh air and yet uh, and yet air condition. Uh, a beautiful room. They light it very differently at night. Complimentary, different than all your other uh, options. And if you if you want something really casual, um, you know it, it's it's a whole lot. Um, how can I say this? It feels more like a dining experience than the Windjammer. And golly, I like the Windjammer. Uh, but it just it feels more like, hey, I'm on a cruise and I'm having a nice meal. And, and the food was excellent. Of, of course, yeah. we should. The Solarium <laughs> Bistro is, is a wonderful restaurant. It's, it's oftentimes described as a great alternative. Uh, embarkation date's a great alternative to the Windjamer. Yes. Breakfast, it's a great alternative to the the Windjamer or the main dining room for lunches as well. I mean, the reason I think being just because it's location, it's on deck 16, it's all the way forward. And quite frankly, I don't think a lot of people even know that it exists, let alone consider it as an option. <laughs> And so for that purpose alone, you get a nice, easygoing approach there. But you're right, Billy. I love the food in the Solarium Bistro. There is, it's kind of funny. When I went on I went on Anthem of the Seas, which also is a Solarium Bistro, and there, prior to my going on that cruise, a lot of people talked up the Solarium Bistro. And I was always like, okay, I know it was there, but I didn't really like think much of it. But you and others are right. There, it's, it's a great option. If you're looking for something a little bit different, it's not like it's like, you know, uh, snails and, and things you might find on the old Anthony Bourdain show, uh, No Reservations, where, you know, eating like crazy things. It's not something like that. It's just not the, you know, the, the same stuff. It's not more of the same, which is what's nice about it. it helps break up some of the monotony sometimes of if you're just, you know, eating this in the Windjammer or having that in the main dining room. It's a little, uh, I, I love variety. So I, yeah. I agree with you. Absolutely. And for dinner, I fully expected when I went in there, again, having not seen because that wasn't the same type of offering on Allure, I was fully expecting, OK, we're going to see like a, a pared down uh, Windjammer experience or maybe a couple things from Windjammer, a couple things from the main dining room. But not at all. It was a it was a different subset. So, yeah, you get options, you get ambiance. Uh, it's it's free. Did I mention that there's no cost? I believe I mentioned that it's complimentary. So, you know, that, that helps. Yes, complimentary. Nice. So, yeah. For for my list, I went to uh, actually with entertainment first. Although, don't worry, folks, food is coming. Uh, I went for one. Of the, there's so many great shows that are on on Harmony of the season. I love the entertainment. I've been a big fan of what Real Harmony does for entertainment in general. And I had to go with uh, actually. This is something that my wife is really. I think she got hooked on it first, and I started seeing it more often. I was like, yeah, this is a really good show. I love Columbus the Musical. It's an original Royal Caribbean production. Uh, it's in the main theater. It is a musical based on it's, it's on the fictional, very, very distant cousin of Christopher Columbus called Marvin Columbus. And it's a fun show. It's got great music. I love the jokes in it. The whole shark scene is the best part of the whole show. It's a fun show. It's I've seen it. Honestly, I've seen the show probably about four or five times now, and it's enjoyable every time. I lo- it, it, it's got great flow to it, and and it's it doesn't take itself it does not take itself too seriously. It, it's not that long, also, which is a nice thing. And it, it just it's one of the highlights for us. We really do enjoy uh, that show. So I'm going with with Columbus the musical. There's other great. Show. I mean, you've got Grease, which is also the same cast there, 1887, uh, and some other things there. But really, I I, I love. Uh, Columbus there it's it's something that I look forward to every time I go, I've gone on Harmony of the Seas and it's just because it's just it's a fun time and that to me and and ship you know, going on a cruise ship and enjoying the entertainment on a cruise ship that's what is a big part of it especially in the evening and so Columbus for us has just been a real uh, breath of fresh air if you will and so so tell me and for forgive me Matthew for I've said I did not see it uh, I wanted to I had every intention um, but this is it Listen, in my defense, you can't do it all on an Oasis-class ship in seven days. You can Not if you happen. don't sleep in until 11.30 in the morning. I was up so early this cruise. <laughs> um, so so can, you, can you share, um, for, for my sake, because you know, this is what we do, is we record podcasts, and I get one-on-one consulting with the, the great <laughs> Matt Hochberg. Um, what is the, the stage setup like? Is it the same scale of production as like when they do, when they do Grease or, um, or when they do Mamma Mia on Allure? Is it that same level of oh, yes. production? Absolutely. In fact, they have a, a, a ship model that they use there, but this thing is massive. In fact, it is just a few feet shorter than the actual um, uh, ships. You know, Columbus sailed on the Nina 
Pinta and Santa Maria, if my history uh, class is serving me correctly. And the ship that they use, the model that they use, is just a few feet shorter in length than the wow. original ship they sailed on. It is, uh, if nothing else, the set piece is amazing. But yeah, they've got the full backdrops. This is a real production show. It's it's truly, it's not just like, you know, a backdrop like you would have like in a high school production, you know, where there's just like, you know, a screen and Fly they keep flopping a, out the screens. Canvas with yeah. the canvas uh, the on there, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, this is the real deal. And, uh, and I... I've seen many shows on many different Royal Caribbean ships, some a little more impressive than others, but it's uh, – I would say this is certainly on par with Greece or some of the other – even I would say it's even superior to some of the other shows we've seen on like uh, uh, Blue Planet on Allure of the Seas or, or or even Come Fly With Me on, on Oasis of the Seas. Oh. It's it's really impressive. Well, now i got to go back. Also, I believe uh, – I, I don't want anyone to forget this. That ship model is on loan from the uh, Michael Poole collection of ship models. I'm sure it is. <laughs> All right, let's go to your second item on the list, Billy. Second item. So this one, um, this one actually violates what I initially said, and in that it is not unique to Harmony. It's unique to the Oasis class. Uh, but I didn't do it on Allure, and I'm, I did on Harmony, and that is breakfast at Johnny Rockets. And uh, first, first, yes, yes, Matt, I was up early enough to have breakfast. How's that? I, bl- wow. I believe I was there at eight. Yes. Um, but had a, had a great experience here. Is the breakfast itself anything um, amazing? I, no, it's not bad. It's, it's you know, it's an omelet. American and breakfast. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've long said that on pretty much any cruise line, um, I find breakfast to be often a little bit underwhelming. Uh, but it was, it was more than adequate. It was, it was, you know, I had an omelet. I had... Um, I had uh, some sort of potatoes and some juice and, and coffee, and, and it was great. Uh, what was really nice about it was I did that on, um, let's see, my, my uh, so I, I went on Harmony with my mother this trip, and we wanted to um, get to get out on Labadee pretty early, relatively speaking, for, for us. And because uh, my mom had never been to Labadee and was really excited about, uh, about seeing it. So we got there at about 8. And we sat outside while there wasn't much of a breeze on our entire cruise, which was an anomaly in and of itself. Um, it was early enough that the area hadn't gotten warm yet out on the boardwalk. And we looked out and we could see uh, see off the back of the ship the, the beautiful mountains and that, that bay uh, right next to Labadee. And it was just an, an absolutely stunning uh, setting for for breakfast, especially in absence um, on not all but many Royal Caribbean ships of a uh, an outdoor seating area for any sort of dining. Um, on a lot of ships, I, I enjoy having breakfast outside, especially when I'm in port. You know, I kind of take in the the scene from afar as I'm as I'm having a, a meal for the day. But this is a great way to do that. We got a nice view, um, nice ambiance. Service was was fast, so if you're you're looking to get out um, to uh, out into the port, it was great. And again, complimentary. Don't know why I didn't yes. do it earlier. Well, you know, it's it's a great tip. Actually, it's it's a really good Oasis class secret. People say, you know, I'm going on Oasis, these lyrics, these harmonies, these symphonies, these. What should I do? What are some good things to know? Go to Johnny Rockets for breakfast. My wife swears by it. It's a great option. I think you nailed it there right at the end, Billy, because it's freshly made so you know you order whatever you order they make it right then but it's a lot faster than the main dining room so it allows you to get a a nice freshly made breakfast of you know omelets or eggs or you know bacon toast what have you but it's not but it's it's still quick it's not quite you know windjammer which is sitting out there and you just grab it but it's that happy medium between the two and it's just like solarium uh the solarium bistro it's not crowded it's not a yeah. generally speaking, most people don't even know about it. I bet that don't even know that it's breakfast. People know that Johnny Rockets has cost money for lunch and dinner, so they assume that for breakfast is the same. Even if they knew that breakfast was served, they assume it's, it costs money, but it's not. It's actually complimentary for breakfast only. And again, this is only on a waste class ship, so other ships this doesn't apply to. But uh, it's it's a great choice. Yeah, I would also mention in talking about the options, if you swing by there or you you see online, you see the the breakfast menu, don't think eh, they only have a few options. Because everything is is made when you order it, you can make any combination of things that they have there. So if you just want, you know, one pancake, uh, one egg sunny side up and, you know, home fries, that's fine. Uh, I kind of looked at the menu and went, okay, they have breakfast things here. And then I just asked for what I actually wanted, not ordering off the menu. And they didn't seem to bat an eye at that. So that was good. Nice. For me, I'm also going to go with an option that's not 
unique to, to Harmony, but it is an Oasis-class feature. So, man, look at this synergy we've got going on here. And that is uh, the Hibachi at Izumi. I had actually, up to this cruise, had never tried the Hibachi option in any Royal Caribbean ship. And for those who aren't aware, Hibachi is the Teppan-style dining, the uh, where they cook in front of you. You may have been to like, like Benihana, basically. That's the best description I can give you. But you know what? What makes it fun and special in Royal Caribbean is that you get this option on Oasis-class ships to enjoy the experience. And what makes a a hibachi meal impressive because honestly the experience is very similar from place to place doesn't matter if we're talking about cruise ship or, or land base but it's the it's the shtick it's the it's the, the way the the chef uh produces the show quite honestly and i was really impressed by it not only in obviously the the, the different jokes and things in fact there was a couple jokes there i'd never seen before but also of course the amazing food and that's what i always I always remember most about it is that Hibachi's a fun show, and there are lots of great shows that have a, you know, a good entertainment value to it. But at the end of the day, you got to have a good meal to it. And while I love, 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 I've said I loved the sushi on the other side of the restaurant, the Hibachi food is just amazing. Just the, the, the food they cook in front of you, it, it's obviously not only can you see it being cooked, but man, is it feeling and satisfying. It's just like... Oh, I had the opportunity to eat there twice on on this past cruise and took it upon myself to eat there twice, and it was worth every single time. In fact, my youngest daughter, or my oldest daughter, uh, dined with us. She was only supposed to come there the first time, but after the first time, she's like, Daddy, can we go back again? Can I come with you the second night? Because she knew we were going. I was like, yeah, if you want to, knock yourself out. And it's it's that darn good, and I really, really did enjoy it, and it's such it's such a fun experience, especially when you if you're going with friends, family, basically, you know, beyond, look, I could have had a good time by myself, but if you got friends there with you, in fact, I ate there with Billy. Look at that. Proof in the pudding. If you have friends uh, you get, or Billy. Yeah. Or Billy. You get an opportunity to uh, – it's, it's a great kind of group experience to, to enjoy together. Yeah, that, and that is – I would say that is a, a positive. But I'd also keep in mind, if you're looking to go have a, a quiet – you know, if, with your spouse uh, or, or a loved one uh, and you're looking to have a, a quiet meal <laughs> with just the two of you, um, you know, know that it's, it's going to be uh, kind of a social thing. Um, I mean, you could certainly go and not talk to anyone there might be a little bit weird, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you know, so I would say it's especially good for groups or if you just, you don't mind being social and hanging out with your table. And, uh, I actually rather like the, the arrangement. So the, you know, the cooking surfaces and then tables are like, um, each one is not a U, but it has three sides. So if you're there with a really large group and you have, uh, two cooking surfaces going and two chefs, then it's very conducive to hanging out in a, in a very large group. So, so that was uh, nice too. I, I hadn't thought about how they might handle that, and that worked out uh, really well. Also, I went with the vegetarian option there, and no compromises. Uh, great food. Um, yeah, I was I was actually kind of impressed because hibachi's kind of hibachi, you know, but they. There were really no compromises in food or the the, the show, if you also is great. Yeah, I like it quite a bit. Um, for number three on on our list, this is of course the top five things, uh, experiences, whatever on 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 Harmony of the Seas. And Billy, why don't you uh, back to you for your third item on the list? Okay, so for number three, I believe this one goes across the the Oasis class. Um, but I'm I I feel like it looked different. Maybe I just had a a, a better set of eyes on Harmony, and that's Dazzles. Um, we I, I don't if if anyone reads or listens vaguely frequently, they know that Matt and I tend to hang out at the pub quite a bit um, on any Royal Caribbean ship that has one that has a Royal Promenade. And there are a couple great places to just relax, listen to some music, hang out, have a drink, enjoy the time with friends. Uh, I didn't notice really how much I liked Dazzles until a little later on in the cruise um for one they it's it's kind of in the it's midship or not midship but it's in the in the center um in one of the near where the elevators are so you overlook is it central park i believe that you overlook from from dazzles dazzles yes yes i think you're right so so you have at night you have a beautiful view um, the lighting in there is fantastic. The the furniture and the the decor is really lovely, and they have live music much of the time. I think the live music seemed to cut off from what I could tell around midnight or so. Um, but up to that point, you have live music. So it we've talked about how much you and I both like live music on board Royal Caribbean ships. It's something that, quite frankly, Royal Caribbean 
does a lot better than most other lines just because they have more of it. And, and that's fantastic. So it's another place to listen to live music, beautiful views, pretty room. And it wasn't, um, deafeningly loud, at least, uh, in my experience compared to some other venues. I'm, I'm very old. I think, I think that's actually a really good point because part of the group cruise aspect is obviously hanging out with friends, right? Being able to socialize. And of course, socializing over drinks is, is a big part of it. That, that's really huge. And a lot of the times it's hard actually to find a place to go that has some kind of music. So it's, it's not just, you know, just sitting around. Um, but it's not like def, like you can actually talk without screaming, you know what I mean? And, re- and Dazzles was like the perfect spot for it because they would have music, but it wouldn't be like over the top, like, what? Yeah. No, we went to Labadee. Like, you know, those kind of conversations <laughs> you've had. Like, I did that in college. I don't need to do that anymore. It's kind of a, you know. So Dazzle was great for that. And they do have entertainment from now and then. They'll have different, you know, karaoke or just singing competitions or live music in there. Uh, but but you're right. And, of course, the view is amazing. And and you can take it from me. You can miss it. I mean, that was it was night three or four that I finally went in there. And that's out of two Oasis class sailings. So you can definitely miss it. So make an effort, make a note, put it in, uh, put it down as a to do in your Palm Pilot. That's that's what everyone's using nowadays, right? And um, trios actually. Trios, of course. I had, I had a Trio 750W. Uh, but make a note, make sure to check it out because you're not just going to walk by uh, like a lot of the other venues. You you kind of have to intentionally go there. But yeah, loved it. Awesome. Well, for my third, I'm actually going to talk about, and you have to have, if you've seen the show, then you know what I'm talking about, The Bubble Guy in 1887, the ice skating show. You know, ice skating shows in general, it's always hard for people to be like, really, man, we should go see the ice skating show? It's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Rokami does a great job. It's not just, it's not ice capades. It's not just people skating around and, and doing tricks. There's there's a story component to it. But outside of all that, now that I've said all that, the highlight of it is this bubble guy. I think actually now it's a girl. They've changed it up, but it doesn't matter. This person who goes in there and does this, they do these tricks, for lack of a better word, with bubbles. I've never even known this was a thing, but there's they, they usually the person employs a large wand, and obviously they they form different sized bubbles. But they do all these kinds of tricks with it, with like with dry ice and smoke and and making it. I, you have to see it to understand it. I know this is not doing a good justice in terms of explaining it, but it is just amazing because you see this and you're like, oh my God, like how is he doing this kind of things? I, I'm actually, it's in preparation, I watched a, I rewatched a video on YouTube of somebody who, who captured a lot of this and there, you know, there's bubbles within bubbles and smoke within bubbles and it is, it's incredible is what it is. And this is unique to Harmony of the Seas because 1887 is not on any other Royal Caribbean and quite frankly, I've never even seen this type of a display <laughs> on anywhere, ship, land, no matter what. I mean, it, it's it's incredible, and I give credit to Royal Caribbean for doing something a little – it has very little to do with ice skating. But, but the point is <laughs> it's really, really cool to see, and I just I, – every time I see it, I'm like, wow, that is like the best part right there. That is just – I'm just like I can't believe they did that, and uh, so yeah. If you're going to go see the, if you're going to see a show, if you're if you're on the fence about seeing 1887, you're like, yeah, ice skating. I'm not sure I want to see it. I recommend definitely check it out because it is impressive how they uh, this person is able to do these tricks. I just I uh, with honorable mention by the way. I, I went back and forth between this and the spinning guy in the fine line. And again, things you have to see the show to understand. But I went with the bubble guy because. The bubble guy does not make me nauseous when I watch him do his thing. The, bubble, the spinning guy is impressive. I just can't stare at him for a very long time. It makes me nauseous. I, I will bring you a C-band next time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is a really, really cool act um, that I've never I've never seen anything like that on land. I've seen people do some – I've seen people do like an act that's 10% of that with bubbles on land. But yeah, uh, above and beyond. Very cool. And, and frankly, I – I think that um, it's it's worth noting that on at least on all the Oasis class ships, mm-hmm. I think it was like this on uh, on Freedom as well. Uh, the the ice show, while there are different shows on different ships and different nights, the ice show seems to always have some additional act depending on which yes. show it is. And 
I, I love figure skating. I, I skated. Uh, I, I played hockey. I, I played hockey like the uh, like the kid in Mighty Ducks who was really a terrible hockey player, but he was an amazing skater. That's me playing hockey. So I like figure skating a lot. And so watching that is great, and it's impressive by any measure. And the fact that they do it at sea on a smaller rink, very impressive. But if you say, you know what, I just don't care about ice skating, go for, for these acts, whether it's the Bubble Boy. I had to get out one Bubble Boy Seinfeld reference. Whether it's the Bubble Boy on Harmony or any of the the ring acrobatic craziness things that they do, um, that alone is worth the, uh, the price of admission, which is just going with the theme, complimentary. Actually, yeah, first of all, uh, Billy Barishnikov. Uh, Hirsch, I'm just, I have that image now stuck in my head of you figure skating. <laughs> but, uh, along those lines, I think you're right. You know, the, the, there's always, and all the skating shows, there's this, this interlude essentially where you have this kind of an act. I think it's, it serves as a, as a break for the ice skaters, but nonetheless, it's impressive. It's, it's not, you know, uh, it's not nothing. It's, it's pretty darn cool. And I, I, the bubble thing is just truly impressive. I did like that quite a bit. Um, also something unique to Harmony. These are my fourth list. I went for, uh, escape the Rubicon, the escape game, the puzzle break uh, room in there. And I was just, I've done, I did the escape room experience on Anthem of the Season. It was fun. I really did enjoy it. I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. If you go back to some older episodes and me talking about this. But when I did the escape room on Harmony, I was blown away because it is not more of the same. And what makes the, the difference is the fact that on Harmony of the Seas, there is a dedicated space for it. And it is a fully immersive experience. There, it's it's all themed there. It's not like a multi-purpose room that's also used to serve drinks and have karaoke later on. This is a room dedicated to this, and it really makes a huge difference because it's part of the story. It really does make a difference and, and makes it, I think, quite honestly, more fun because there's a little more discoverability to it. it there's Because when you do an escape room experience in a multi-purpose venue, you tend to – it's a little bit easier to spot clues or things stick out more because it's kind of like, well, that's probably not always here, and you can kind of see that. Whereas – in Escape the Rubicon, you have a, a a a themed area to it, and so it all kind of fits in, and I really love that. And if you've ever done an escape room experience, I never done one until I did it on Royal Caribbean. It's basically a room in which you are quote-unquote locked in. You're not really, but you're going to this room. You have a set amount of time to figure out a series of puzzles and clues that eventually lead to a a a, a solution to figuring out a way out of the room. And it's I don't want to give any too much away on this show on on what the experience is all about, but it is a really fun experience in and of itself. But I think because the way that Royal Caribbean designed this, we did it. We actually interviewed the uh, president of of Puzzle Break, which is the company that Royal Caribbean partnered with on a previous uh, podcast episode. And it, it's incredible the amount of time and effort that they put into this. this. Is not just a oh yeah, we'll give you show number seven off the shelf there and just you know slap it on there it's really a top to bottom true experience and while there is an additional cost to the escape the rubicon it's only a couple bucks per person i think it's a gots to do kind of thing it's so cool it's so different because a lot of times we talk about things on cruise ships you know what there's something similar maybe on other ships other lines but escape the rubicon is just so different and so you i don't want to say unique but it, it, it's such a a varied kind of experience that i love getting a little bit it's a little bit of a fresh air you know breath of fresh air in there in that and so I love it, and I am a big fan of Escape the Rubicon on Harmony of the Seas. So something that I've heard people express concern with, um, with, uh, with the escape rooms uh, on, on ships especially, but in general. And I'm just curious, your take on a scale of 1 to 10, um, how much of a concern should it be if someone's maybe a little bit uh, claustrophobic or something like that? Is it a, is it a decently sized space? Yeah, no, it's not a closet or anything. It's about the size of... It's not quite the size of a, Escape a an inside cabin bedroom bathroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the size of a fairly large uh, junior suite, I would say. Maybe even a suite. It's a, a, full, a fuller size suite. Uh, it's okay. it's one large room with maybe multiple components to it, but it's not. No, no, no. I would not characterize it as uh, if you had claustrophobia. Granted, I don't suffer from claustrophobia, so I can't really speak to what what may or may not be small. But I did not for a second get uh, get the sense that it would be a uh, imposing kind of space like that. Okay, that that's good to know. Also, if uh, if you are going with friends and you're thinking about doing this and you want to beat your friends, um, you can uh, you can just PayPal money uh, to uh, to Bill at CruiseHabit.com. I'll I'll just tell you how to how to get out right away. Just between you and me, it's real quiet. <laughs> the answer is forty two people. There you go. <laughs> saved you saved you some time. 
Um, very good. What's on, what's on your list on the fourth, uh, fourth item on your list there, Bill? Number four. So this one's unique to Harmony. It doesn't cost a dime other than being on the ship. And it's not food. But you can take food there if you want. Um, so as, uh, as many of you may or may not know, Harmony of the Seas has a set of slides um, at the very aft end of the stern. And uh, they call it Ultimate Abyss. They're kind of twin slides. I think they're identical as far as I know. They're mirror images. And you enter up the sports area kind of near the flow riders and the wipeout bar, which is a, a great, uh, great bar up there with, uh, with good views. And the Ultimate Abyss is neat. Um, you should do the Ultimate Abyss. Um, I, I recommend it. It's not, it's not scary. It's just fast enough to be fun, but not so fast that I think most people are going to panic. You're definitely not going to get stuck. Uh, and it's a very efficient way to get from all the way up top down below. However, this is not about the ultimate abyss. When I first got there, first one up uh, near the ultimate abyss, you load, um, just aft of the seating for, or where the seating would be, I guess, for the wipeout bar. And on the Allure, I really liked sitting at the wipeout bar because you can see the uh, the wake trail. And you've got a nice high position all the way aft and beautiful view. In fact, that's where I had my very first drink on a Royal Caribbean ship with uh, with Matt. And it, it, was, it was magical. I still have a picture of it. Mm-hmm. So the when I first got onto to Harmony and I went to that same space, I was like, oh, they don't have seating at that bar because you can't see – the, um, you can't see the wake trail from there because the ultimate abyss is in the way. Now you get a great view when you're stepping on ultimate abyss. That's another thing. However, what they did set up, which was lovely, there are, um, there's like a kind of high top one sided bar and high chairs on either side of the ultimate abyss where you can sit. If you want to take a drink out there, you, you could, you can walk right over from, uh, the wipeout bar and they actually provide seating that is just perfect for sitting and watching the wake trail, watching the, you know, the sunset, depending on your direction of travel or the sunrise. If you're, uh, if you're Ron, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not me. Uh, but it's just for a ship that I've talked about this, uh, a few times over on, on my site. Um, I've talked about it on the podcast before the Oasis class ships. They don't, they do a lot of things great. They don't provide great ocean views a lot of the time. You kind of have to seek them out because they're they're focused on all the the amazing amenities and activities. But that is a spot that you can go sit. People don't seem to crowd it, so you know it's not like oh everyone's waiting for a seat there. Even even during sailaways um, from port, you grab a seat and just relax, and you have that feeling that you can really only get on a cruise as you you leave the world behind. You got a nice breeze uh, and beautiful views. It's it's actually a really impressive space. I know. Actually, you threw me for a little bit. I thought for sure going for Abyss, and then when you started uh, going, you you obviously took that that turn over there, which is great. And I do agree, it's a wonderful space. Actually, funny story. So Billy's one hundred percent right about everything he said, and he uh, at least about this. I don't know about other things he I, told me. But. We are recording, right? Can, can you see me? <laughs> I'm going to use that later. But Billy, you know, he's ta- everything he described. This little area, it's, it's true. It's it's a great spot, especially if you grab a drink or maybe for sunset. Anyway, so we're up there. We did a pub crawl while on board Harmony of the Seas, and Billy's showing me this. Like this is a great place. Well, we were in September. It was the middle of the afternoon. It was so <laughs> hot out, and I was like, Billy, I'm schwitzing terribly over here. I, I'm sure it's really nice, but I gotta go, dude. I gotta go back in the shade. I can't because it's right out in the open. The sun. I just couldn't appreciate it at the time. But now, from the comfort of my air conditioned home, yes, Billy, you're a hundred percent right. <laughs> so, well, during sunset, uh, you don't have uh, you don't have that heat. Uh, but yeah, it's, it. It, it can be a little – also, you know what? I'm sorry. I forgot to mention this. Off to on the starboard side um, of that area because, again, there's one on each side of the ultimate abyss. There are a set of uh, like binocular telescope things. I don't know the proper yeah. word for this. Um, and they're, they're incredibly powerful actually. I could see – I think uh, I think it was Isla de Mujeres that I was looking at all the way from uh, from Cozumel. I think that's where I was – I don't remember where I was looking. I was looking far away. And uh, th- those are cool. Um, nice. So, you, so if you if you want to see what is off on the horizon, what uh, what ship you're stalking, because that's what I do from a ship uh, that's available in that spot as well. I'm gonna put you on the spot, Billy. Uh, 
top five bars on Harmony this season. You mentioned the Wipeout Bar, and it got my got my gears moving here in my brain. What were your favorite bars? We did the Pub Crawl. You did a fair amount of drinking on your own. Outside of that, what was your uh, <laughs> what are your what are your favorite bars on Harmony this season? Um, Solarian Bar, like the views, like the atmosphere. Um, the Wipeout Bar again, all about the views. The Pub for the selection mm, and live yes. music. Uh, but the selection is fantastic there. Um, ooh, let's see. That's three, right? That's three. Uh, da, 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 da. While you're thinking, by the way, on, when we were on Harmony, for one of them, they had an Oktoberfest in the middle of the cruise, and they brought out these German beers, which were amazing uh, yes. on there, which is really nice. So, yes. Big, big Even with the giant them. steins. Yes. It was it was really, really impressive. Um, let's see. So I think I'm going to have to say schooner just because I'm a sucker for a nautical theme bar. I think I've mentioned that before. Um, golly. And the last one, oh man, what's my, what's my, what's my number five bar? This is so much pressure. You know what? I did not enjoy it as much on Allure. I enjoyed it on Harmony. Trellis. Trellis. That's a good one. Yeah. I love Charles. Charles Bar is the bar in Central Park and the atmosphere. You know what it was, Billy? If the weather was just a, a little bit less oppressively hot, it would have been my favorite place to go. <laughs> I enjoyed it at night, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By about like day two, I was like, I think I'm going to stick to the indoor bars. And nothing against them. They're wonderful bars, the outdoor ones. But, man, I just need some air conditioning to, to keep the flow moving. But – yeah, I love the trellis bar. In fact, I think the trellis bar, it's slightly different design on Harmony than it is on, mm-hmm. on Allure and Oasis. I mean, more it's more aesthetic than anything else. But uh, that being said, I do like it a little bit better on, on Harmony. I agree about the, sc- the schooner bar. It's a great – you know what I love about the schooner bar on Harmony is it's not ridiculously crowded. Like, do you remember on Freedom of the Seas, another Royal Caribbean blog group cruise, but might I add? It was, it was like – real. In, in the evening, it would be a really like packed uh, area because they had the piano over there. And it seemed like while they still had the piano entertainment on and on Harmony, it was not. I just felt like it was a little easier, more approachable. Uh, the schooner bar that was on on Harmony it, than it was on other ships. So I I enjoyed that aspect of it very much. So and I didn't realize it. Um, I think until going back onto the Oasis class, looking at the layout of the schooner bar. Um, while I like the fact that you can see the ocean from the schooner bar on Freedom, um, the the layout of it is much better on the Oasis class ships. I think the problem is they put that piano like right next to where you in the little stage area, kind of next to where you walk in sort of, but on, on the, I will say on the corridor side, on the entrance side of the bar. And it makes it so that you're kind of cramped getting in there and everyone congregates in the same area. So even when it's not crowded, it looks crowded because no one's in the corner by the windows. Yes. Yeah, it's a weird location for it. I, I totally agree with you on there. I was trying to think of where else they should have put it there, but it's it, it's fine. I mean, it, 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 it serves its purpose. It's just kind of like on other ships, the schooner bar is like a real hub. Like it's really like the place to go or one of the places to go. And on Harmony, maybe this is just a product of the fact that Oasis class ships are just so large. It's kind of like, you know, um, it's it's more of like, oh, it's also an option as opposed to the option. I don't know how I don't know if that made any sense, but Yeah, I mean on, on Empress, Schooner is the midship bar, midship lounge. Yes. It is uh probably tied with Bolero's or uh yeah, as the biggest space. Yeah. Actually the other one you you mentioned a lot of my favorites too. I like Bolero's as well on Harmony. It's massive, which is really nice. I love the couch, it's very, very comfortable seating there. And it's a great spot for uh, whether you're just going dropping in for a drink, but in the evening, if you like live music, it's one of the best places to go. I love. I don't, I'm not like the let's go up and dance and salsa a la Larissa, but I will enjoy the live music that they play there. I think it's great music to listen to while you're having a drink. The the freshly made the, it's the best mojitos on the ship, no question about it. Like yep. hands down, not even close. So if you're into that, that's wonderful there. And there's just something about you know Latin music that I think just feels everybody. Just, it's a great music to listen to, and again, it's not like overly loud, like like you are when they're like blasting you know Katy Perry or something like that. And it's like what it's you know still... me so well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Billy and I went to Red, which is one of the, which is not going to make our list of the top five things that <laughs> that we enjoy. It's a great thing. Look, there are people that I'm sure love Red. Is a for lack of a better term, it's a it's kind of a club experience on Harmony. And we just it's one of those moments where you learn that, man, I've gotten old. Like, we go in there, and it's like, can you just turn the music down a little bit? <laughs> like, it was just blaring. They call Which, it a club experience because you know, I feel like I got beaten after I walked out of there. 
Yeah. You got the dad jokes going too. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> we so actually, do you remember how we ended up down there? What what piqued our interest? Uh, no, I don't. We were sitting, and I think we we're at least you were writing. Maybe I was writing. We we're at the pub, and the floor was shaking. <laughs> And we we're like, what is, is that red? Cause, cause red is on deck four, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's in the, uh, it's in the, uh, studio B ice skating. Yeah. Studio B. Um, and yeah, the, the floor was shaking in the Royal promenade from the music. It was, it was not messing around loud. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> For our last one, we're up to our five in our top five. For me, I got to go with the water slides. I picked the water slides because, you know what? Every time I've done them, the water slides on Harmony of the Seas, every time it is just such a fun experience. I remember I did it in – I was on Harmony of the Seas in July, as many of our listeners will remember. And there was a day in which I got early – I was working on that cruise. And I got early dismissal. Like the, my boss said, hey, you can – because it was right it was July 3rd, so it was a holiday. You know, take the rest of the afternoon off. Awesome. So I go up on the pool deck. My wife is already there because that's where she spent her, her whole day. And I meet her up. I meet up with her. I get my drink because that's like the first time. Like, Please get me some alcohol in my system. And then the next thing was, this is fun, but you know what, man, that water slide looks mighty tempting. Getting a little hot over here. And I will tell you, every time I go down the water slide, I always have like, man, I want to go do that again. Let's go do that again. It's like it's such a fun thing. You know, for years, Rolker never had water slides, real water slides like like this, and. I just I even though I get stuck on them sometimes, uh, they're still a lot of fun, and I I challenge you not to go on. Well, maybe not Billy; he has no fun in his system. But for the rest of you, it's a great opportunity to uh, to check it out. It's it's just a cool thing whether you're, whether you're a kid, whether you're an adult, whether you're an aging dad who doesn't enjoy loud music. It's still a fun experience because it's a water slide. It's going really fast in water, and you're not hot. And you, yay, you go really fast. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And and you know what? Everyone everyone should check it out. Everyone should try it. It's not so extreme that, you know, it, it's, not a, it's not a crazy thrill ride or anything like that. It's right. a lot of fun, though. Now, that in mind, I'd like to share my story. <laughs> go, please, go ahead. So first. <laughs> so you were I'm born in a poor, oh, no, that's the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic jerk. Um, so... I don't I don't see well. I have some vision issues and uh, I when I when I've gone on some other water slides on some other cruise ships uh, such as DCL they say no glasses and I say they're prescription cuz it'll be sunglasses and they say all right that's cool. So uh Royal Caribbean did not allow that and I have no problem with that. They're just looking out for everyone's safety. Totally understand. Totally understand. So I'm already I'm going up there I'm like oh man I'm not going to be able to to see as I go up there and the lady saw me kind of like thinking and looking at where I had to walk and she said, do you want somebody to walk you up there? I was like, no, I'll just, I'll Stevie wonder my way up there. We'll, we'll, we'll make this work. So I, I prefer actually Mr. Magoo. I think it's a more appropriate <laughs> reference. <laughs> I, uh, so <laughs> bump, bumping into the railing. So sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel my way up there and I get up to the top and as as you mentioned, it is blisteringly hot. Uh, the majority of time during it was it was the hottest cruise I've ever been on, really. Um, and there was like no breeze. And there is a spot where the floor is just on fire, <laughs> and <laughs> there's nowhere to run. So the the lifeguards were awesome. They started wetting it down. They, they had a bucket, and 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 that was resolved. Um, and then everyone's talking about what a beautiful view there is from the top because you really are quite high up, and you're. Um, you're uh you're not in a place that you can uh can get to otherwise on the ship so everyone's talking about this view and i realize i can't see a thing <laughs> I, I could see a blurry a blurry line so then I'm like okay you know what the the ascent has not been fantastic but i'm gonna go on a water slide i get on the slide and I'm in like the the what do they call it like the martini glass one where you spin around champagne bowl champagne, champagne bowl, yes. bowl yeah martini wrong, glass wrong, yes, wrong drink you're shaking not stirred on your way down <laughs> and 
I get in there and it was like just dropping a sack of potatoes. I didn't do any <laughs> of the spinny stuff. There were people they were spinning around that thing three, four times. I just I went out of the slide and kind of crashed into the little area next to the, the bottom <laughs> hole and just pushed myself down. It was again, uh, I just want to tell that story. Everyone should go. It, it was still fun. Uh, I probably should have gone again and had a better time, but I felt like it was just a comedy of errors the entire time. I, be- I believe onlookers were saying, why is that man saying boo as he goes down the slide? Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know what? To each their own, but it is a fun experience, and I will tell you that if you're on a ship like Harmony of the Seas, you've got to try the water slides. I, it's, it's a lot of fun, so that's yeah. my five. Uh, Billy, why don't you round us out here with your uh, last item on your list? So the last one is um, something I didn't think we were maybe going to be able to experience because Harmony, because of the Ultimate Abyss, has uh, does not have the same tequila bar in front of Sabor on the broadwalk, uh, broadwalk boardwalk that the other um, that the other Waves class ships have. But they yes. did manage to wedge a little um, uh, Sabor bar uh, over on the side of Sabor, and I went there. And it turns out I didn't need to go to the bar for this, but they have a happy hour from three to six every day. Um, and oh, yeah. if you're like me and you're, you're kind of bummed when they made Sabor on all the ships, um, when, when they made it a cover charge rather than a la carte, I really liked a la carte cause I liked going and having a snack. Um, the good news is you can go during happy hour three to six and get one, what they call bar bite. And there's a menu of things. However, we ordered some stuff that's on the Sabor menu that was not on that. And they still worked out the same deal. Oh, wow. Um, and it uh, your 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 bar bite comes with a margarita, and it's twelve bucks. Well, if you don't have a drink package, the margaritas are twelve or thirteen dollars anyway. So it's you get to you get to snack at Sabor. If you don't have a drink package, it's like you're getting a a, a margarita, possibly a discounted margarita by a dollar. I don't remember what their price is on there, uh, and you're getting uh, you're getting some sabor. And um, the portions weren't huge, but they were they were decent. And if you if you go with a couple folks, you know you you try a few different things, and it was it was great and it was fast, nice and easy. Liked that uh, liked that a lot. It it made me. I still wish it was a la carte. But it made me feel better about it, um, uh, you know, that they had that offering uh, because, of course, guac. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you're, I'm glad you brought that because I totally forgot about that. But that is a great point, especially – I mean it really appeals to people who are not on not, – do not have an unlimited alcohol package because it's a great deal. One of the things that we often forget about or easily overlooked among when you're planning Royal Caribbean cruises, there are drink specials on board. I know we often talk about people always look at – you know the drink package or not the drink package, and assume that everything is without it. But there are drink specials, and Sabor has its own in here, in which you can get a little bit of food, a margarita, which are amazing. The margaritas and the food is equally as good as well. And you're you're absolutely right, Billy. It's a great option because it allows you to partake in the Sabor experience without fully committing to the full cover charge. And you know, it, while nineteen dollars a person isn't expensive, it's you know, it, you know, if you just want to stop in for a snack in the afternoon, yeah, that's that's a little bit of overkill. And hence why this is such a great idea. So I love that idea, Billy. It's a great way to uh, to end this uh, list on. Thank you. And I'm even more surprised. By the way, the most surprising thing, there was not one overlap. I thought for sure we were going to steal each other's uh, uh, answers here. But this is like yeah. a, this is a first. I love it. It's almost worth listening to. Almost worth listening to. We should put that warning <laughs> on. on Critics that. rave. It's almost worth listening to. <laughs> 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 well, of course, uh, be sure to check out Billy's website, cruisehabit.com. Uh, there's lots of coverage of non-Royal Caribbean stuff. I don't know why that's interesting to people, but evidently somebody finds that non-Royal Caribbean stuff interesting, there's, but he's got a great... celebrity and Azamara stuff, which is, it, you know, keeping it in the family, man. That's right. Actually, my favorite part of cruisehabit.com is scouring his blog posts for family photo, old family photos that he uses as... He might say, oh, that must be from Shutterstock or some other photo <laughs> repository. Nope! It's, fa- it's, it's mom and dad's photo album because it's just perfect shots of men in high white socks going up to their knees, posing with their family in short shorts in the middle 1980s. If my dad ever figures out how to use iTunes, he will, <laughs> he will get to hear himself described. <laughs> well, check it out, CruiseHabit.com. Billy, thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you. Had a blast, uh, always. 
As always, thank you for listening to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. It's such a pleasure to have so many people joining us each and every week to talk Royal Caribbean Cruises together. And having you here, whether this is your first episode or you've been listening since episode one, I love the great community we have over here. And this part of the episode is always my favorite. I, I say that a lot, and it's really, really true, because it's my opportunity to talk with you. And if you want to send me your emails or about your thoughts, questions, anything you have in your mind about a Royal Caribbean Cruise, this is your opportunity to do so by sending me an email, uh, Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, M-A-T-T at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Our first email this week comes to us from Emma Smith, who says, Hi, Matt. Just heard your podcast this week for, in which you had a question from the English couple that are sailing on Voyager of the Seas through Asia with Perth as their final destination. I live in Perth, Western Australia, so I thought I could provide some input on this port as you've never been, but do come visit at some stage. Your family will love Australia. Recommendations for Perth. The port terminal is not the most amazing, but go beyond this into the town of Fremantle, which is full of history, culture, good food, and coffee. Fremantle has a lot of great brewing, craft brewing spots. Little Creatures Brewing is a must-visit. Perth is famous for its beautiful beaches. Cottleslow Beach is probably the most popular, but Scarlesboro and Trigg are our favorites. We have a fantastic, we have fantastic seafood in Western Australia. Definitely try some barramundi while here. In Perth City, it's worth walking around Kings Park for views of the city and the river and to admire the bushland and gum trees. A ferry trip on the Swan River is a great on a sunny day. Thanks a million for your amazing blog and podcast. It's made a huge difference as we await our first cruise ever. One month until we explore the seas to the South Pacific. P.S. Group Cruise near Australia soon. Emma, this is wonderful information. Thank you so much for taking the time to write all this up and hopefully help out those folks who are looking for information. And a group cruise to Australia. Man, wouldn't that be a great idea? Ooh, someday, someday, Emma, my prince will come. Someday I will cruise there. I'm not sure it'll be <laughs> a day soon, but I never say never, right? I, I would love to. I really would. It's not, it's not a question of do I want to or anything like that. That's not the issue at all. It's more about like the 24 hours of flying required for me to get there. I got to be honest. I got to be real with you, Emma. That's a big stumbling block for me. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, next uh, next email we've got over here is coming to us from uh, Lynn, who writes, I'm at a recent listen to all your podcasts as my husband and I booked our first cruise in April 2018 on Alert of the Seas. This will be our first cruise. Uh, I've enjoyed... Wait, how is that possible? Your first cruise in April 2018 on Alert of the Seas. This will be... Oh, to April 2018. See, if I read the email, people, then I can understand what they're saying. Sorry. So Lynn is right. She's going on her first cruise in April 2018, which will be her first cruise. I've enjoyed all the information and pre-planning thanks to your podcast. We've booked a junior suite, but my husband is leaning towards upgrading. I personally don't think we need to. Since there's so much to do on the ship, I don't want to spend so much on the room. It's the only two of us going on the cruise. We are looking forward to unplugging, so we aren't going to purchase the internet package. We've stayed at a hotel which had a concierge service at Disney World that didn't really take advantage of it. Since there is so much food in several places on the ship, appetizers and cocktails is not really a selling point for me. We were also tempted to look at the food at Coastal Kitchen, but didn't think we would really like the food there. He's more of a meat and potatoes kind of guy. Can you tell me another reason we want to upgrade? Keep those podcasts going. P.S. The cost to upgrade would be $2,500. Lynn, don't do it. $2,500 is crazy. I would never do that. I would never recommend it. It's too much money. Don't do it. And I am very much a big fan of spending other people's money, but I will tell you, Lynn, uh, no, don't do not do it. Um, it's just too much. If it were like a couple hundred dollars, it'd be worth it. I mean, really, the, the reason upgraded from a balcony to a junior suite primarily is that you're getting extra space. There are some nice, other nice perks to them. You get double credit anchor society points. You get a bathtub. You get a walk-in closet. Those are nice perks. But not twenty five hundred dollars. Nice. No, that's just too much. Don't do it. You're on the you're on the completely right track, Lynn. And I'm telling you not to do it. It's just it's too expensive. If the price were to come down to about five hundred dollars for a seven night cruise, yeah, that's not bad. Uh, maybe about seven hundred is about the most I could justify. Beyond that, you're good where you are, and I think all your logic holds up with me. So, Lynn, you got my thumbs up behind you. I like it. Next, we have an email from Elizabeth, who writes uh, from Stratford, Connecticut, right off I-95. I know exactly where this Exit 36, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, wow, that's really inside baseball. Uh, Elizabeth writes, uh, let me take a moment to introduce my family. My husband, Harold, and I have a six- and seven-year-old kids, Edward and Haley, who have serious life illnesses. We went on our first cruise in April through Make-A-Wish, Connecticut, which was a tour, which was a four-night Bahamas cruise on the Disney Wonder. Uh, where it was a great family experience, we have we are diehard Disney fans, and I don't think we would ever cruise Disney again, as we would rather be at Disney's Fort Wilderness in our trailer and be at the parks. 
We had a camping trip planned for April 2018 to Myrtle Beach, and my husband realized we could cruise on Anthem of the Seas in New Jersey for seven nights for basically the same cost of camping, and we didn't have to drive 16 hours plus towing. We're curious if the experience will be different and more relaxed than it was on Disney. Our questions after listening to uh, to hour upon hour of all the podcasts, by the way, kids love them as well, is number one, you mentioned to go to the next cruise office to book your next cruise for a great deal, but then you also mentioned as soon as you know what you want to do. Uh, book as soon as you know what you want to do. We're looking to sail in July 2019 for our 10-year anniversary, and we're thinking that should come out right before our cruise sails in April. Should we book it right away, or should we wait until our ship uh, go on the ship for the amazing onboard credit deal? All right, let's start there. Number one, Elizabeth, great question, and I'm so glad you sent me this in. The answer, unfortunately, next cruise, uh, the next cruise benefit has been watered down a little bit over the years. If you listen to what I talk about next cruise in the earlier episodes, I certainly was a big proponent of it. I still think it's a good, it's it's better than nothing, let's put it that way. In your situation, though, I do think you're better off booking it as soon as it becomes available. So typically, new itineraries are announced somewhere in the ballpark of February or March of a given year-ish. And that's and we'll post the details about that at RoyalCarmineBlog.com as soon as we know the deployment schedule for that. That being said, you should always book it as soon as you can. And in your situation, the best thing you can do is actually book it as soon as you can. So you, it comes out, you call your travel agent, your travel agent books it for you. Then, when you go on Anthem of the Seas, go sit down at the next cruise office and see what the deal is over there, what the promotion is, and what the price is. If it ends up being a better deal, you can just cancel and then rebook once you're on board, right? So you say, you'll tell the next cruise person, hold on a second. You call your travel agent, your text travel agent, email, whatever, and cancel it. They'll know this ahead of time, right? And then, bam, you have next cruise book it for you. That's the best way to go about it because that way you're assuring yourself of the best possible deal. The price of a Royal Caribbean cruise in general is always the lowest when the itineraries are first announced. They tend to, over time, the price will go up. This is a generalization. It's not always the case, but in my experience, that, that's really the case. And in fact, a lot of people, like crazy people like myself, are the people that call in literally the day that cruises become available to book, and they'll start that'll start the process of prices going up a little bit. Now, on Anthem of the Seas, eh, probably not quite the same thing as uh, some other pricing phenomenons where like new ships are announced, but... It, it still holds true until your best way to get the lowest possible price. Do that, go on board the ship, and then reprice check. Best thing you can do. Number two, uh, Elizabeth's other question is, I'll be the first to admit I am a bit of a control freak. We can't afford Fort so I take care of all those plans, etc. But we took your advice and got a travel agent to book the cruise for us. We like the company enough that we are using, but the women just had to just has not made the effort to get to know us, understand the kids' condition, etc., etc., etc. Can you fire a travel agent midway through? Do you stick it out? How do you go about finding a new one for your next sailing then or for your current one if it's okay to fire them? Thanks in advance for all you do and keeping it clean so the kids can listen without me cringing. Absolutely. And thank you for listening. Thank you for the email. This is a really good question. Of course, many of you know I'm a big proponent of using a travel agent, but you got to find the right travel agent for you. Here's the deal. Um, you can actually uh, – you can always – there's no contract. You can always change travel agents. Now, if you have a cruise that's already booked, it gets a little bit messy because you there's a lot of hoops to jump through to make that happen. In probably in, in most in practice, I think most people end up saying, "Well, this cruise that we have booked, we'll, we'll continue having booked." And but future cruises, you know, we're gonna go do something else. If you if you're in a, if a situation where you already have you, you took that other cruise and you're looking to book this Anthem of the Seas cruise, you can change travel agents. That's very much okay. It's not personal. It's just it's your business and you're you're entitled to be happy with it and find someone who's going to work well with you and I think you're doing the right thing quite honestly because you want to have that right fit a travel agent should be a partner in the process should not be a hindrance should not be somebody who you can't get along with or you feel is not doing the kind of uh, living up to the expectations that you have there so yeah I mean obviously there are you can always reach out to that travel agent and explain hey look I'm really not happy with the service because of XYZ I like you but you know you got to have the change to make this happen you know you never know maybe sometimes they're unaware of this some you know it's 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 a very realistic possibility but if you do want to change yes now if you have a reservation already and you want to change that's why again when it becomes a little more difficult what i would recommend doing is probably reaching out to your other travel agent explain the, the new travel agent you want to work with whether if it's another agency here's the other thing if it's an agent in the same company like let's say you're, you're working with agency x and uh, travel agent A is not to your expectations. But you want to say with travel agency X, you can you know talk to a manager or supervisor. Say, hey, here's the situation. Can I move to travel agent B? And that that's much less of an issue, in fact, because once it stays within the company, there's really not a whole lot of uh, issues with getting it transferred over. It happens quite more often than you think. 
so that's okay. But if you want to change agencies completely, my recommendation is you contact Travel Agency B, explain to them the situation, and ask them what's possible. And if so, then uh, they'll help you go through the process. What has to happen in the very least is the original travel agent has to release the reservation back to Royal Caribbean, and then the new travel agency picks it back up. It's... There's a little bit of paperwork involved and a little bit of hoops to jump through, which is why most people just say, you know what, I'll just wait for the next sailing I've got booked and and then make this change. But it doesn't hurt to ask. You know, this is this is not a this is not a a, a dowry. This is not a life marriage. It's perfectly okay to change it up. So yeah, Elizabeth, these are good questions. Thank you so much for for sending them in here. We uh, we'll move on to our uh, next question, which comes to us from. Uh, Sherilyn, who writes, Hello, love all the information you have. Very helpful for our very first cruise. Maybe a silly question, but when it's time to get off the ship, we'll be at Anthem of the Seas. We're packing, parking our car in the parking garage. Do we need to get the car and then drive to pick up the rest of the family and the luggage, or do we just take all the luggage to the parking garage ourselves? Thanks for all the time you took to read this. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Actually, it's very easy. You can actually go from the luggage pickup and slash customs directly to your car. You don't have to bring the car around. That being said, if you use a porter, which I always recommend using because you know what? I don't know. <laughs> Disembarkation day, I'm depressed, I'm tired, and I really don't feel like lugging luggage around. Get a, get a porter. Let them bring it to you. They will actually bring it to... Tell them you parked in the garage. They will go with you in the elevator, bring it up to your car, and drop off your luggage there. In fact, some porters actually loaded in your car for you. You do have the option if you prefer to come bring the car around, but I, I think that's more work than you need to do there. So, yeah, I've done that before as well when I did the Anthem of the Season in March. Porter brought our luggage straight up there. No issues at all. So it's that's why one of the best reasons to park at the terminal is in many cases... In fact, I think every single parking terminal... I've ever done, except for Terminal 25 in Port Everglades, which is not connected to the parking area, is not connected to the terminal. I was, with that exception, I was able to always do the situation where the lug, the porter brings the luggage up to us, which is awesome. Of course, you got to tip them for that, but oh man, it's so worth it, so worth it. So good email there. Thank you to everybody for the wonderful emails. Thank you for listening again. And if you have a question about your upcoming Royal Caribbean cruise, maybe a, or maybe you have, you just did a shore excursion you want to tell everybody about, this is your opportunity to do so. Send me an email, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt Hoshberg, and we'll talk again soon.